Hello and welcome to Christian with Two A's. On today's episode, I sat down with three-time national champion quarterback for the NDSU Bison, Brock Jensen. Just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory, so for about an hour before we started recording, me and Brock had just sat down and talked and ate some pizza, had some beers, and then we recorded the podcast for 55 minutes or 56, whatever it was, and then we talked for about another hour and a half, and we hung out, we watched him watching basketball we just he showed me some of his old mementos from NDSU and you know we sat down and it was a super cool conversation so part two is definitely coming but he first has to fulfill his obligations his professional wrestling obligations and then we can talk but we sat down and we talk about kind of what makes NDSU the powerhouse that it is and how it's become what it is and we talk about him being the starter over Carson Wentz during his time at NDSU. And it was just a really fun conversation. We talk about Johnny Menzel and kind of how Brock didn't think that he would be very good because of his the mental side of the football. And we talk about a lot of different stuff. So, like I said, it was a really fun conversation. And thank you to Brock for, for having me over. And he was such a gracious host. And like I said, it was a super fun interview, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I've been actually dying to tell you this for the longest time, but there's certain guys who can pull off the bald look, and I gotta give you I gotta give you a lot of credit. My my all ball team includes Stone Cold Steve Austin, thank you, Michael Jordan, thank you, Bruce Willis, yep. KG, yep. Brock Jensen, thank you. I it's it's an admirable trade. I mean, not many That's people a great can top do it. Five, by the way, and thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Such a hassle, like snub though. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. Matt Hasselbeck is a great looking bald man. Yeah, I mean, you're a little biased probably because, you know I mean, you don't know Matt, but Matt might edge me out, but like, <laughs> well, whatever, I, I'll take it. Yeah, if, if anything is close, but like, in yeah. a lot of people would probably put the rock in there now, but he always oh, had hair, dude, he always had hair. He's the sexiest man alive, like no homo. I've yeah, he looks, he looks great. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, with that being said, obviously, you're a huge wrestling fan, we talked about it. But from what I hear, you you might be a little bit of a phony because you were invited. Okay, tell me about the event first and foremost. Okay, so first of all, Dan, you might have to escort yourself out of the building because I might, we might throw down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, so you know what? Rightfully so. I, do, I, I deserve some crap. There was, a, uh, there was a wrestling event that I could have been a part of. And uh, it's a pretty sweet, like, backdrop on, like, what my role would have been that night. <laughs> well, okay, what was the role? I mean, I can't quite give it away. Quit, like, on it was, like, here. it was a few years ago, wasn't it? No, it was not even a few years. It was, like... It was, it was a few, like, this year? It was, like, year? a year ago. It wasn't, like, a year. It was basically, like, a year So ago. you're that big of a... Le- it was, like, you're, a year ago. Yeah, you're a year. that big of a legend in North Dakota? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. But, so anyway, so this, uh, this, this deal that I was invited to... 
that it was hosted by a really rich guy, right? Yep. And yeah, so he yeah he invited me to this thing. There was kind of a backstory on it, and like it wasn't straight up like WWE Monday Night Raw type thing. Okay. But it was like uh, you know a pretty good showing of people would come, and it was like uh, you know like a pro wrestling gig. Yeah. Like not quite WWE. Kind of like Raw. like the movie The Wrestler, like that kind of scene. Yeah. Okay. I'd have never seen the wrestler, but yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like it's 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 just like a smaller arena with like a lot of more local people, kind of. Yeah. Like a re- like a lot of rednecks and stuff like that. Yeah, that along with like, but like there were some good wrestlers though. That yeah, was, like you, you know like I mean? yeah, yeah, like so Mick Foley was there, right? Yeah, yeah. So like there's some there's some decent wrestlers and like anyway, it, you know, I uh, I had to back out and I can't remember what um what was going on, but I was busy. Like I had something going on that weekend, but it was one. I do. I will admit. I will admit that it was one of those things where I could have, like, whatever I had planned and whatever I committed to, I could have, like, I could have backed out. Like, I could have been like, okay, I'm, I'm going to yeah, pick Just this. be like, I got, I, got, I, got some, I, I got some business to attend yeah, to. I got, I got some business to attend, but I didn't. And, you know, my brother-in-law gives me crap about it. But That, that would have been, if you would have came out, busted, busted someone in the head with a steel chair... Like change the matchup, like you come out of nowhere, like that would that can you okay. like that's your childhood dream. I know, and I and I regret it. But the good news is, and we can switch topics after this. But the good news is, I probably most likely will have a chance to redeem myself. Totally redeem myself <laughs> someday soon. No, I so the, the, you you have to. And like, I, I have to. Yeah, I have never like the the concept of because a lot of people. They kind of give crap about wrestling because it's so staged and so act, but that's kind of that's kind of part of why it's entertaining. The backstory of stuff oh. like you know, like people coming out of nowhere, and Dude, you know, that's know. like think for instance, The Rock. It's no no wonder he's so well liked and so talented as he is. Like he's by far the best wrestler who's ever been on who's ever been on the mic. Yes, and people gravitate towards him. It's yep. just. So it's no surprise it's like that, but that's kind of part of the wrestling that I like is the backstory of it. It's as cheesy as it sounds. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's what everybody loves. <laughs> everybody loves the backstories and the, the beef that each wrestler has with each other and yeah. all the, the, you know, the talking back and forth that they're doing <laughs> to each other. I mean, that's what people love, and that's what I loved. And no, yeah, definitely. Getting out there and being able to, like, just interfere a match and, like, come <laughs> no, in. No, I can't believe some, you didn't. So, But that, okay, but that kind of just shows, like, your clout. With, was it in Fargo? Yeah, it would have been the event would have been in Fargo, which it's coming back to Fargo, and I will not miss out on the next opportunity. Okay. I'll cancel all plans. <laughs> you'll you'll hit someone with a steel chair. Yeah. You'll hit Carson yeah. once with a steel chair. Yeah. <laughs> Get hit once with a steel chair. Okay, so obviously you have some clout within Fargo. You've uh, you obviously played football there, and the dominance that you've been able to, to that they've been able to sustain what is it six national championships now yeah six out of seven years here six out of seven yep. years yep so like a team like the browns or you know yep. one one of the losers who just can't seem to really get it and obviously you won three national titles you won a title in the CFL and you won two high school championships so you there's a formula that you're familiar with mm-hmm. like you and what is it with the Browns that they just can't get it? Like, it, there's obviously something else. Like, yeah. like, tell me about, like, a little bit of the extra stuff that you need within a team. Yeah, so I think if you take a look at, like, what the Cleveland Browns are, are as an organization, um, a big thing to, to think about is what's going on from the top down. 
from the, the absolute owner of the franchise to the equipment know, manager, the janitor that comes in and cleans the locker rooms at the very end of the day. Right. And I think it's important to take a look at who, you know, what kind of culture has been developed. That's a huge part about success is culture because people buy into culture, right? Definitely. And so, and not to just pick on the Cleveland Browns because there's a, there's more organizations. Oh, there there's that, a there's a ton yeah. of super dysfunctional organizations, tons, but tons. I mean they're kind of yeah. Like, the, the Browns are like the epit- epitome. <laughs> yeah, they're the epitome. Exactly. But I look at that and and just say you know what? it's a culture problem at the end right. of the day. I mean, well, because um, they you know they've had a top three or four draft pick for what like 15 years now mm-hmm. i mean at some at some point you and all these quarterbacks i don't know you know obviously uh johnny menzel yeah. had his you know off the field issues and stuff like that yeah. but i mean it's been everybody colt mccoy he was he was a super successful college quarterback yeah. i mean it it just it's bizarre and obviously yeah, it's, it's something because it like and i i mean like you like you said, from the top down, like there's got to be something missing, and for sure that I mean, you can't go one in thirty one in two seasons and be like, oh, you know, <laughs> know. it's our draft picks because yep. at the end of the day, these are NFL players. It's not they like are. they're getting you know D three players just off the street. Not you know what I mean? Right. No, and I I completely hear you out on that, and I think another part of it too is yeah, they are getting first round picks every year, but if you're taking guys like Johnny. And he was in my draft class, so I kind of know a little bit more of a backstory and kind of it's not a very big surprise that he didn't pan out because I got to know. I trained with him for three months, three and a half months on end. Like okay. Literally with him and Logan Thomas, I trained well, with him. So so when you when you say that, yeah. just not mentally in, yeah. into it? Uh, that along with just um, not being the prototype pro prospect really at the end right. of the day. Yeah, he was about six feet tall. He was yeah. thin. Yeah. Thin. And yeah, not, you know, exactly, you know, um, just stature wise and just this buy-in with football right. wasn't there and and you know it was just transparent you know being able to train with them and just know and just you know but at the end of the day he was a he was a, a first round trophy pick. winner first round pick first round pick and and you know he had to be taken um obviously he had to be you know his name had to be uh called at the draft because of his credentials and what he did in college and that's kind of how it works yeah and definitely yeah and I mean, with 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 credential wise, I mean that kind of would make that would make so much sense for for you being as decorated as you were because you, you know, three t- three national championships. You're a you're a all American your senior year. Twenty four straight wins, and you said you said if it wasn't for one game that it would have been what like forty forty two yeah, or like, something like high thirties or forties. So yeah, right. So I mean. I def I definitely I definitely see it from that point, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going straight credential wise, you'd be you'd be a number yeah. one pick. You know what I mean? Right. And there's a lot more that plays into it. You're exactly right. And you can't just go off of what somebody did in college. But the the sad part is, then you know that's why Johnny got picked. It's because of what he did in college. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, and 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 that's the epitome of college football. And obviously, you know, FBS Division One level, like that, being the Heisman Trophy winner, you're the best player in college football. Right. Um, not necessarily in the FCS. You could be the most decorated and win national championships. That's right, but you're still, you know, labeled the yeah. tag, tag the FCS person. Right. Yeah. Whatever definitely. position you're at, 
And so you kind of are carrying that with you and have to overcome those, um, you know, those, those thoughts. Yeah, the stigma of it. Yeah, and, exactly. it, like, that, it, that has to be sort of annoying because, like, obviously, NDSU is the most dominant school, I mean, over Alabama. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you yeah. really think about it, because they've won six out of the last seven national championships yeah. – and more wins than and, yeah. Alabama's had in the past seven or eight years. Yeah, exactly. So, in it, 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 and I've always wondered this because you know going to school in South Dakota for two years, you the NDSU is the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. You know, within both Dakotas, probably in Montana and Kansas. Like, you know, what? Why can't they make the leap toward? From FCS yeah. to FBS, I've I've always wondered that because yeah. and I've and I've talked to some people and they say, oh, the Fargo Dome's too small; they can't right. get enough revenue. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So, so I kind of want to hear your take on it. So I don't have the answer first. Well, of all, obviously, yeah. right? But but I can kind of touch on some points. Um, first of all, there's a lot that goes into the the level jump, right? So to speak. I mean, right, we definitely. made the transition. Um, you know, back in the early 2000s from, in mid-2000s from Division Two to, to Division One. Yeah. And that was a huge leap. And everybody and their dog was, was <laughs> questioning, you know, why are we doing this? Right. You know, we've won multiple national championships at the Division Two level. Uh, we, we're not going to be able to handle the division. Wait, one. you you won you won a lot of multiple. Yeah, so it's, that's got to be a decorated NDSU. trophy case. Yeah, well, NDSU did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they you know it, it is you know there's a there's been a good culture over there and a very good tradition for a Definitely. long time, tradition of excellence. Yeah, and it's carried on. But a lot of people getting back to it is you know they questioned, okay, you know this transition, and uh, you know and a lot of things go into it. At the end of the day, and you know, just to kind of touch back on your point with you know, is the Fargo Dome, you know, they built the Fargo Dome to be able to expand. Okay. So, so really, that's not necessarily you know a problem with you know because you have to have a certain capacity. Yeah, definitely. Hold, you know, X amount of people. Yeah, X right. amount of people for you know, blah blah blah. But um, you know, that's not necessarily a a problem with uh, the expansion of the dome. I think it's just more so that, you know, other things that come into play with uh, funding and, you know, recruiting, things like that. Who are we truly getting athlete-wise, not only in football, but in every sport, you know? And yeah, it's, and with it's that... A tough, it's a tough thing to think about, you know? With that being said, mm-hmm. when you say recruiting, I mean... You can recruit to excellence. It's not like it's not like Alabama's the most sure. glorious place to play at. Or, True. you know, if that was the case, everyone would go to UCLA. If if it was just about the, if it was just about location, but mm-hmm. I mean, a sustained excellence, you know, a winning culture that that takes it a lot further than than people yep. really realize. Because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal. I mean, first, I'm not. I can't. I can't say for everyone because you know there's a lot of people who are just trying to get to the NFL. This is a one stop for them. You know, maybe there's some legal benefits in yeah, in it yeah. for them for certain for certain. But at the end of the day, the goal is to win a national t- championship. Yep. And if continually six out of seven years, yeah. I think there. I think you could get recruits. Yeah, it's, it's undeniable, and that's a great point, Christian. Because. Um, you look at where, what NDSU is doing now and what they've done in the past, you know, seven years. Um, really, recruiting's on autopilot at this point. Yeah, it's, definitely. It speaks for itself. Yeah, it speaks for itself. It's taken care of, and 
Um, you know, we're getting recruits that come in in the off season and that are, you know, high-level players in high school and this and that and are coming into NDSU. And really what our coaches, you know, essentially are doing, I'm not saying actually, but, like, just, you know, to give you an idea of how easy it is recruiting the NDSU now, they, they push the, the ring case right out in front of these players' nose, these recruits' nose, and said, do you want to be a part of this or not? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, at, at this point, I mean, yeah, if, in, it's taking care of itself. Right, yeah, and I, I saw, you know, it's kind of ridiculous because that Nick Saban gets any any flack for anything with it, with his resume, but I saw something that uh, that one reporter said that he wasn't a good coach because he doesn't even need to recruit at this point. It's like, yeah, because he's such a good coach, yeah. he doesn't need to recruit. No, exactly. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, any other job. It's like doing a really good job in your, you know, and setting yourself up for success and maybe not having to spend so much time in a certain aspect of that job. It's, it's making it easier on yourself because of your previous success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so with that, with that being said, when you were at NSU, obviously, you, you were there for five years, correct? Yeah, so I redshirted and then played for four, yep. Okay, so... I, for for anyone listening who doesn't know this, you had a very very talented quarterback as your backup. Mm-hmm. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So, when you're winning and you're and you're on this dominant streak, is there any part of you? It, was that like a good kind of push? That because yeah. I you know like I said I was in I was in the Dakotas at the time. And there was this rumor. I had heard this rumor that there was a, the backup quarterback was like, they're like, yeah, just watch, like, because yep. it's because like, everyone said, oh, no you know, Brock's Brock's graduating. They can't do this forever. And then, mm-hmm. and I had heard rumors. They're like, oh, wa- watch out. There's a, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. him nipping at your heels was that was, was that in the back of your mind for like two or three years or what? Or were you pretty comfortable because you were winning? So because you're winning, I mean, well, you you're can't, not. Yeah, yeah. So I was. I won't necessarily use the word comfortable because you're never necessarily comfortable no matter. I mean, you look at Tom Brady. I, I, honestly, if he were to sit here at this table right now, I would say that he's not very comfortable. Yeah, definitely. He's shooting for so much greater accomplishments than what he's already had. And that's crazy to see because nobody's more decorated, which I'm probably sure you'll yeah. bring up here <laughs> yeah. you know, shortly. But, you know, at the end of the day, as a competitor, you're never satisfied. Yeah. And you're always trying to... Uh, Get better to get better and to you know to what what's the next thing out there that's dangling right what's the what's yeah. the next thing to accomplish right and so for me I was never necessarily comfortable especially with Carson behind me because Carson made me better really at the end of the day we 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 uh we joke about it still to this day and uh, you know you know I was I was never comfortable he was always pushing me to be better and and the cool part is you know about that relationship was you know I made him better and he made me better and it was Definitely. just a very healthy good relationship and. Uh, you know, he was, um, a, a co- you know, a few years younger than me and and uh, knew that he would be very successful once his time was, you know, once his time came. Um, but he definitely made me a better player and uh, and a better person. And we just fed off each other. Right. Really. You know, and, so. and with we were talking about, like, the stigma of the of the FCS schools and obviously going number two in the two in the draft there has to be something special so like when you when you first came to campus did you did you realize it right away where you like this guy's going into the nfl so i didn't necessarily know that he would be nfl bound but i knew okay this you know he can play very good yeah and he was uh you gotta know his backstory too out of high school he he only started a year really at quarterback 
Okay. He had a lot of shoulder problems and elbow problems because he was a good baseball player too. Okay. And uh, so, and, you know, he was really good just position player. He was a good wide receiver because his brother played uh, quarterback for Bismarck. Yeah, he, I mean, he's an, obviously he's a superb mm-hmm. athlete. Yeah, so really Carson ended up playing receiver for quite a while up until his senior year and yeah. ended up playing quarterback. And he was always naturally talented and gifted at throwing the ball, right? I mean, yeah. baseball, football, whatever He's got it a was, cannon. Throwing yeah. athlete, right? And, uh, you know, he ended up committing to NDSU to play football. And just uh, seeing him that fall camp, that initial – uh, fall camp when he came in as a true freshman and seeing his raw ability and talent, knowing that gosh, if he if he's able to put some things together and kind of learn and 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 uh, go up you know climb this ladder so to speak and keep progressing in the right direction, we know he's going to be extremely special. So, well, was was he playing nine man in high school? No, no, he was in the highest uh, class. In okay, North Dakota. so he was he was playing some you know the best North Dakota teams, but. At the end of the day, it's North yeah, Dakota. No, too, yeah, right? definitely. So, and not, not anything against that, but no, they just don't no, have as I many. I understand. As yeah, many teams, like right. you know, for for or South Dakota, for instance, you know, there was like four. There was four teams who won the state championships every year. It was, it was, and it was one of the four high schools that was in Sioux Falls. So, like, I understand. I understand what you mean. It's it's, it's limited, yeah. but. So we, me and Dan and two of our buddies, we actually went on a road trip to Montana. And they were talking about playing, I think it was six man football, mm, and six man, I or six or seven, six or seven. It was it was below eight for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always I was always wondering like how can you even that's not like and he one of the guys was the guy who was living there local he was saying that his son had looks for Montana State and I was just thinking how can you really judge it do. Like with adding five more players, that's a completely different game. That's literally completely almost different. basically pass double. rush. All yeah, that. I mean, I've never heard of that, so I can't really even touch on that. But that sounds unbelievable. Like I, that sounds really fun. Like <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, too. if you only have thirteen people in the school, I mean, like you kind of. But like within North and South Dakota, there's like like I had I had guys on my team that were from South Dakota, that had you know, like, 12 people in their class. Mm-hmm. And they had to combine with, like, three other schools just to play football. And, I mean, it's it's just crazy how, like, an all-pro quarterback, I mean, obviously he's not having the year yet last year, and being, like, an MVP candidate, obviously he's coming off the injury. Mm-hmm. But to go from playing in that atmosphere to going to Fargo to going to Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And It is. I mean – with, like, obviously, I think you would probably, he would say that you were a big influence on him, right? I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He, for anyone listening, he's got a big smile on him. But, <laughs> but, so, you, at your wedding, I noticed that all of your, ever, all of your teammates who had spoken talked about how great of a teammate you are. And I think that comes from the quarterback position to, to lead everyone. So what what role do you think the quarterback has in that? Because oftentimes, like someone who's a little more reserved, like let's say like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. that's something that he gets flack for. So, yeah. I mean, is it the quarterback's job to be the leader? Yeah. Or is, you know what I mean? Because obviously they're, most, they're the most well-known player. Right. You know, so what do you think about that? I think, um, I think that, yeah, it's the quarterback's responsibility to be the leader. I mean... Uh, naturally, at the end of the day, you're 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 in that position, and you know, like you said, you're the mo- maybe the most well-known player, and you're touching the ball every play, and you're you have the ability to make the most plays. Yeah. 
Um, and with that, there's a lot of responsibility, but even more so off the field and how you carry yourself, I think is so important. And for me, um, you know, it was never, you know, really, it was always, it was always, I always had the ability to just kind of have that naturally and just, yeah. um, I remember one of my, well, my offensive coordinator told me at a very young age, you kind of have to be the guy without being the guy. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's almost like you have to humble yourself enough, enough to like not stand out in the locker room as being, you know, the guy as like being, you know, um, the center of attention. Yeah, the center of attention and, you know, all of those kind of things that come with that. Right. That could kind of make your teammates say, oh, well, he's just that guy. You know what I mean? He's, oh, yeah. He's the guy that's getting the most credit, this and that. Yeah, the hot shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. right. So you kind of have to be the guy without being the guy. Definitely. And that's something within the locker room that I kind of learned and uh, fortunately was just blessed with being able to um, just kind of have that naturally. Really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've never been, you know, I... I come from, you know, a small town in Wisconsin, Christian. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've definitely. never been a guy that has been, you know, hey, they look at me and I, I'm a big prototype guy or, you know, yeah, a five-star recruit out of high school. To, you know, mm-hmm. I've never been that. So maybe it was easier for me just to end <laughs> yeah. with it. To, well, no, no, you know, no I, don't, I don't think so at all because, yeah. like, for instance, me, I was like a zero <laughs> – I was a no-star <laughs> – Division two, division two linebacker, and I thought I was I was the hot shot. So I can imagine if I was the I was the freaking three time three time national champ quarterback. Like I I my ego would have been through this roof. Like I can't even tell you. So yeah, no, and it, just with that, you know, it always came kind of you know natural. But I think it's important for the quarterback to at least understand what his role is. Yeah, and his role is to be the best you know quarterback and what whatever he's asked to do possible. Mm-hmm. And for me at NDSU, um, you take a look at, you know, and just to incorporate the culture and everything into it, everybody and every, every one of my teammates, they bought into their specific role. Yeah. Whatever, you know, if they were the fullback, I look at Andrew Grothman, he was one of our captains, fullback. His, his role was to smash the defensive end every single play, <laughs> kick him out, and use his head. And use oh, his body every play, and that's unselfish. Now, no, that definitely. is that is the epitome of unselfishness, yeah. and 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 nobody cared who got credit. Right. And really, at the end of the day, my 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 role was to you know, um, just make plays and and not do too do too much. Really, right. I had a great defense that was behind me. My job was not to be the hero. Yeah. Okay. Because I knew I had a lot of you know defense. But you were you weren't you weren't a game manager either. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't. You know, someone like let's say like Alex Smith, whose just job is to, you know, monitor the game and just keep it. You know, you you made a lot of plays. Like, yeah. I mean, so don't don't discredit yourself, but yeah. At the same time, mm-hmm. football is such a team sport. It is. It's the ultimate team game. In like it's you said, every everyone game. needs to do everyone needs to do their own job. Like, mm-hmm. and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah. For instance. I was playing Mankato. They were the second. I think they were the they're the first ranked team in the nation at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was playing outside backer, and they had this formation. And you know, with the game, you know how fast it moves. Fast. And I, I think as a quarterback, as a or just an offensive player, you have a little more control over it than the defense because you're you know you're doing whatever you're doing, and but and the mm-hmm. defense has to react to it. No doubt. So like. They're they're in a fast pace because it's becoming a shootout. I think it was probably like you know like high thirties, high thirties at this point in the early part of the fourth quarter, and 
everyone did the play completely correct, and I was lined up on whom I thought was the tight end. Little did I know, he there was they had a different formation where they had two tackles right next to each other, and I lined up with and so they just like went right in the gap that I was supposed to be, and it's like that's the perfect example. That's one person not doing their job. Yep, and that can that can ruin a game. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people always will get mad at a kicker. Like, for instance, Daniel Carlson on the Vikings. Yep. He missed the three kicks and then got cut. Yep. But think about how many to- how many players on a team missed three plays, yep. messed their job up three times. It's just yep. not as obvious. You're right. It's just amplified when you're a kicker. Yeah, definitely. And, and this game, it's a crazy game. I tell you what, football is a beautiful game. It really is. As barbaric as it is, it's... It's the most well orchestrated. It's genius. It's a, it's a genius game. Like you know, when Bill you know, Belichick yeah. is a genius. When you're a part of game planning and truly understand what goes into um, attacking defenses and attacking offenses and being in the right place at the right time on special teams and what the game is, it's a beautiful game and it's a game of inches. Really, yeah. at the end, of, yeah. yeah. And 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 it's a game of inches and. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those where you just line up every single play and you're with your, with your brothers who you practice so hard with and and you're lining up and, and, you know, so to speak, you're going to, you're going to war, you're going to battle with those guys. Oh yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Nothing nothing greater than that. And a little biased though. No, no, I mean, (laughs) definitely. And I, you know, I miss it in, in certain aspects, in certain aspects I don't, Yeah. you know, like for instance, practice. Mm -hmm. Like as a, we talked about before, like being being anything other than a quarterback during practice is kind of <laughs> kind of sucks. Yep. But when you when you're talking about needing to prepare and going into a game plan, a quarterback is does more of that than any other position. Would you agree? I mean, yeah. lo, like a like a middle linebacker on defense, yeah. they, they there's a lot of strategy that yep. goes into, it and they need to know a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But a quarterback, there's so much stuff you need to know. Like, yeah. in when you're preparing for the draft, I'm sure you learn so many different stuffs that you had no idea that you were missing in, in college, right? Absolutely. And yeah. that's for every level. My right. high school to college jump was like, whoa, I can't believe football. <laughs> yeah, for there's it. so many things you need to know. Yeah. And then from high school, or excuse me, to from uh, college to pro, it was like, whoa, this game's even more complex. Yeah. So that's a good point. And game planning uh, just gets... Uh, more and more detailed as you go, um, you know. But gosh, I remember just you know you you have to you have to as a quarterback you have to know what everybody's doing on the field, not just what you are doing, yeah. but what all of your offensive players are doing and what all of the defense of players are doing. And so it's it's a lot to take in, and it's just as much it's more mental than it is physical. Definitely. And that's why you see, you know, guys that can get away with, you know, the Peyton Mannings that if Peyton were to line up in a, in a, uh, in a combine setting, I mean, there's high schoolers that were more athletic than Peyton, right? Maybe middle school, middle oh. schoolers, you know? Yeah. The because, ones who had puberty when they're, yeah, when they're like nine. That, that, right. But I mean, what I'm saying is he's not the most athletic and talented guy out there. 
He just know he was very decisive. He knew where he was going with the football. Well, he knew what defenses were trying to do to him on, as an offensive player. Even when he couldn't feel his hand towards the end of his <laughs> career, you know, because of the because of the nerve damage and right, stuff. And not, right. He was still like I think he threw for like fifty five touchdowns his second or third to last year. Yeah, and it was it, like it was just absurd. And he was throwing it like he was just mentally picking apart and like, you know, I've I'm sure you've heard this because you know everyone has said it, but. The hardest they say the hardest thing in anything to do is to hit a is to hit a professional pitcher, but I think as a quarterback, like can you, like yeah, there's so many things that you need to know. Like I like I I watch in awe because, like I was watching Jared Goff for instance against Drew Brees, two, you know, mm-hmm. top fifteen quarterbacks. I'm Drew Brees is lower, but I don't know Jared Goff's somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. and just their pre-snap reads. I'm like. What? How can you see that? Like they know when a blitz is coming, they know what to do with it. And yeah. I mean, nobody's nobody's better than a, than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, not. To, I hate to give Aaron Rodgers any credit. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean that's that's a good point. I mean, um, pre-snap and just being a quarterback. There's so much that goes into it, like we've like we've talked about. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts, and at the end of the day, it's with these, pre- these the preparation is what matters. Yeah, with these quarterbacks, and that's what separates themselves from the good to the great, well, to like, the great to the legends. Right? Yeah, like you said, uh, Johnny Manziel, despite mm-hmm. his stature, despite yes. you know some of his intangibles, you could just tell because he didn't because ha- he wasn't he wasn't all in. He wasn't yeah bought in. yeah. Wasn't. And if if you don't know exactly what you're doing, and and not to mention, I was listening to I was listening to something with Kyle Shanahan, and yeah. he and he was talking about how his time when he was in when he was in Cleveland, and everyone expected him to run the same offense that he that with Johnny Manziel that he ran with Robert Griffin, mm. and it's like Robert Griffin ran a four three, Johnny <laughs> Manziel runs a four seven. Like yeah. there, do you know how that's so important yeah. in the in the in a strategy? That little detail alone, point four seconds, point oh four seconds, yeah. Or no, just point four. Mm-hmm. That that it just it, it just amazes me because as a defensive player, you don't think about anything. You're just reacting to to what to what is going on. But like to see everything happen before it happens and to yeah. recognize stuff, it's a talent that I really can't understand. It's almost like trying to explain like quantum physics to me. Seriously. Yeah. No, that's a good point, and and I think. Uh, Really, the the great coaches are able to adapt to what they have. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, getting back to the Browns, and I know mm-hmm. Kyle was there, and I actually went on a visit with Jimmy Garoppolo and, oh, and wow. uh, Connor Shaw. Were, were you were you in awe of how handsome he was, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> to him. So he was, an, he was an FCS guy, too, so I got to know him. Oh, pretty, yeah, 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 okay. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, he... He really wowed the Browns staff. The Browns loved it. Kyle loved Jimmy Grapple. Obviously, Kyle's the head coach now. Yeah, they traded, they traded for yeah. him. So he, he loved Jimmy. But, and uh, that was, you know, obviously known on our visit. But I love the Browns <laughs> staff. I think Kyle's a great coach. And, oh, definitely. You know, I mean, I think he's, he's going to do well over. It's a bummer that Jimmy got hurt yeah. this year because I thought they had a pretty decent squad. Yep, yep. I agree. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's just one of those things. Just, just like you said, there's something there's something missing because like obviously with Kyle Kyle is a brilliant offensive mind like you know you saw you saw it with the Falcons when he took him to the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. that was Matt Ryan's best year that was Julio Jones's best year yep. 
And it just doesn't seem to matter who the coach is. It doesn't seem to matter who the players are. It's just like yeah. it's it's almost like a curse. It's like a Vikings <laughs> kicker curse, but like I for know. their entire team. I know. I don't get it. It, like, it. like it just doesn't make sense. There shouldn't go cycling through this many coaches, this yeah. many players, this many quarterbacks. There's been like what twenty five quarterbacks since the two thousand. I, I want to know the stat. Uh, it's something like that of the quarterbacks that the Packers have had, <laughs> and to what the Browns have had. The- okay, I can I can name yeah. I can name you right now all the quarterbacks that the Packers have had since 1993. Yeah, Brett Favre. Yeah, Aaron or who have started for him. I don't want to yeah. say who the backups are, but Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Hundley, Matt Flynn. Yep. End of the list. Of the that list. is banana. And, and dating back, it was Don Mikowski before Brett took over. Yeah, the magic man. <laughs> Love that guy. Just had to throw him out. Shout out to Don. Yeah. I think that's magic the first man. the first shout out to Don yeah. in 15 years. Hey, hey, shout out to the magic man. Legend. Love him. So no, and as as grown up as grown up in Wisconsin, you know, I know at this point Aaron Rodgers is the golden boy, but I mean. Is it because of the Vikings thing that you don't that that Brett Favre isn't as highly regarded or what? I don't understand. No, because Brett Favre Brett, is okay, equally so exciting. This. Yeah. So get this. So I, Brett Favre was my childhood hero. Like I, I was Brett Favre for five Halloween. <laughs> Literally, I, draw, I dressed up and I had my little Hutch helmet on with the little one. The one. The one yeah, strap. The one strap. You know, just I was Favre, man. Yeah. Six high. My whole childhood. Yeah. Love him. He's my childhood hero. The way he played the game and his passion for the game, his love yeah. for just playing football just drew me in. I was like, man, I yeah. want to be like that, you know? Yeah. And just go out there. He's another one of those He's stuff. another one of those natural leaders like yeah, you talked natural. about. Just yeah. comes out, he just, just has it. gravitate toward him. Definitely. You know, and it's just just him, you know? Yeah, he, definitely. He doesn't have to do anything. It's yeah. just him. Yeah, he's got a charisma. He's got a charisma. He's got the accent. He's yeah. he's, he's, he's yoked. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. He's in the huddle. You know, he's got a dip in. He's just, all right, boys, we're going to go down and score here now. Ripped his chin strap off after yeah. every play. Yeah, the I, one bar that he got from Kmart. Yeah. yeah we're, yeah. Okay. I, I, before we go anywhere, I need to, I need to ask, like, is that like part of the equipment? Like, right. is that like part of the equipment protocol that you can only wear the standard one strap cloth? Like that, that chin strap would not defect anything. Nothing. Like nothing. I not mean, one thing. It, first of all, that's like a three dollar chin strap. Let's be real. At the, like at, at uh, maybe three ninety nine. At a used sporting goods. Yeah, a used sporting goods, right? Yeah. I mean, that's on sale. It's maybe a buck. Yeah. But find <laughs> that at a garage sale. <laughs> exactly. If you look at what Aaron like, so anytime he gets hit, because he's got the one strap, and he got yeah. it from far. There's no question. I mean, well, Brett Hundley wore it last year. Yeah, with, it's just a buy-in that has happened from. I, I hope it continues. The it's kind of like kind of like the the Chiefs. Have a one strap, I'm gonna stop watching the Packers. It's kind of like yeah. It's kind of like the Chiefs turtleneck for their for their <laughs> for their photos. I don't get it. Like, but everyone has it. Yeah. Like, it must be part. It must it must be something with the culture. And, and I think Favre started it. I don't know what the Magic Man wore before that, but I think Favre started the one 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 strap chin strap. But it's still carrying on. Aaron's holding strong with it, and all the backups are buying in too. I mean. You want to be a Packer QB? Get the one strap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most, it's know? like that's that's the that's first order of business. Exactly. Like if you ain't about that, then you can just GTFO. Buy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> buy your own plane ticket. Get out. So, what makes Aaron so like? Because as a pa- as a Vikings fan, as a Packers hater, 
he's my number one enemy. Like watching yeah. watching him do what he does is so painful. Second only to Tom Brady. To Tom Brady picking apart someone in the Super Bowl. So as 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 a quarterback and being so knowledgeable on it, like what yeah. makes Aaron Rodgers as great as everyone says? It's just it's a culmination of like every aspect of like the game and what quarterbacks are trying to do. I mean, he, he has no he has no weak point. And uh, you look at his ability to make plays on the run, to escape from pressure, to reading the defense, to knowing um, when there are 12 defensive players on the field to try to get a snap off, to get a free play, to managing the game. To I mean, you can go on and on. We might be here all night. And <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah it is. do you have your but, skull already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just everything. He doesn't – there's no weakness in his game. Yeah. And I truly – and I, we, we talked about this a little bit, you know, off air, but, you know, he has redefined what the standard is at quarterback and playing the game of quarterback at the professional level. I mean, and, and it, again, off, you know, off air, we talked about it, but – if you were to ask every NFL player, excuse me, NFL, every NFL quarterback, who is the standard and who is the best player in the business, it's number twelve in the green and gold, not not the red, white, and blue, yeah, or silver, whatever. And so, do you think Tom Brady would even say that? Well, well, Bill Belichick. There was a there was a clip that depends I depends on how you word it. There was there was a there was a clip that Bill Belichick had. He was mic'd up during during the Packers game last Sunday night. And Aaron r- runs up to Bill Belichick, and he's like, oh, you're the best. And Bill Belichick's like, no, you're the best. And I was like, oh, shit. He, like, yeah. he, he, I thought, and one that's thing. Just, that's, that's one of those things. That's, that's, a, that's a mutual respect. It was mutual respect, but it was also genuine. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. Definitely. And it, it, well, who knows like football Bill better than Bill Belichick? Yeah, yeah. I got He's not just going to say that. Bill, you know, you've seen it. Everybody, oh, yeah, everybody he's not nice. press conferences. Yeah. He's, hey, Bill, what do you expect this this game, you know? Oh, I think we're, you know, if we execute, we'll win. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, it's, it's Bill. Uncanny he's not impression. Gonna, yeah, exactly. And he's not going to give compliments, you know what Yeah, I mean? definitely. And, you know, if that's what was said, I didn't, I didn't necessarily hear that, but, I mean, it's no surprise. It's yeah. no surprise. I mean, yeah. he, he is. And one thing that always will bug me because – you know, my my dad was always such a, you know, he was such a patriot hater because of the Spygate thing. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he's just, he, he hates Barry Bonds because of, of the steroids. He doesn't like Mark McGuire. He doesn't like Sammy Sosa. He, mm-hmm. just, he just likes when people follow the rules. Yeah, follow the rules. Follow the rules and yeah. stuff. So, right. so I have always kind of not liked the Patriots for that very reason, just because my, you know, you, when you're a kid, that's just, you follow your dad. Like, it's, yeah. it, that is what it is. For sure. So I was always gravitated towards Peyton Manning. So with that being said, I don't like how this goat talk only includes only includes Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, I, and there's I, not even a mention of Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, who has more touchdowns, more yards than Tom Brady, right. is currently going. I, and obviously, have the titles, but I mean, yeah. Like we said, football football is such a team game. Like yeah. you, you're the most, 
And I, I'm sure you know this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot your horn a little bit. You were the most decorated college quarterback in history, in, in Division One history. You have, you're the winningest quarterback. Are, do you think you're the best quarterback? That's the thing. That's, and that's how I argued to my brother-in-law and to <laughs> some of my other buddies who think that, you know. You're crazy. That, that, that Tom is the GOAT. Well, what all goes into being named the GOAT? Because in that case, then yeah. yeah. You know if I mean? it's Super Bowls, you're the GOAT. Then, 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 if it's right. rings, yeah. But it's like, there's so much more. And I don't, I don't think I'm the GOAT by any means. <laughs> no, by, right. Far from, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, if you're going off rings, well, then I, I have a, you know, maybe, you know. <laughs> but it's just not how it works. There's oh. so much more that goes into it. If Aaron were on a different team and doing the things that he's doing on the Packers, if he had, you know, a defense behind him and... Other a coach he actually a liked. Coach, a coach that he actually liked and respected and who knew what was going on. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah, I mean, it would be a different story is what I'm trying to say. No, definitely. Yeah. I And I, that's, that's why I've always been like, what is going on? Why is no one ever talk about Peyton Manning? Because yeah. Peyton Manning has every passing record besides yards now that Drew, Pre- yeah, Drew Brees Drew, finally just yep. passed it. And... He didn't have Bill Belichick for 18 years. He didn't, and mm-hmm. he didn't have the defense that he had. I mean, like he had some guys. Like he had like, what Bob Sanders. I mean, yeah. it's a short list of the. Uh, they had Dwight Freeney in their yeah. prime. I mean, that's two, two, two really good guys. Yep, yep. But I've always been like, why is no one talking about Peyton? He's, he and and I think yeah. it's because he was so much more tactical than any quarterback's been. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like. Aaron Rodgers has the tactical mindset, but he also has the ability to roll out of the pocket yeah, and make some amazing the, plays. Yeah, the athleticism. But like, someone to just dissect your defense mm-hmm. with these pre-snap adjustments are second to none, in my opinion. No doubt, and arguably it's more impressive how Definitely. Peyton did it because he he didn't have anything to fall back on. He couldn't use his legs oh, to no, go no. make a play. You know, all of a sudden, oh, gosh, I, I had the wrong read. Well, you better throw it away. And Peyton had his fair share of throwaways. Oh, yeah, definitely. But Aaron, you know, obviously, and other guys that are athletic and, okay, well, they'll improvise. They'll go. Yeah, they know, can extend the play plays. But, yeah, arguably, you know, it's more impressive with how Peyton did it, you know, with in, his reads. And in Drew Brees, his – the way he's done, the consistency he's had. And, you know, you got to give some credit to Sean Peyton as well mm-hmm. because – you know, with behind behind every co- behind every great quarterback, like besides you know Aaron Rodgers, because I know every Packer fan that I've ever met hates Mike McCarthy, but yeah. but you have to have some synergy with your coach. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so Drew Brees has Peyton, Sean Payton, and then Peyton Manning. I mean, he had Tony Dungy, but then he had Jim Caldwell, and then he had John Fox. So it's like it's kind of like you can kind of scratch that out right there. And mm-hmm. I forgot who he had the last year. It's some right. guy got fired. Now I think it was Gary Kubiak, yeah. but. I don't know. I think that's such a – it's a weird argument. And if, if we're talking, like, goats – If we're talking, like, the greatest football players mm-hmm. ever played, Lawrence Taylor's name better be at the top of the list because that is the most effective player who's ever played, like, a, a defensive pass rusher. Yep. Can I mean – I love it. I, I, I'm all for it. And, I you know, here we are talking about quarterbacks all night and, you know, rightfully so, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, hey I completely agree. LT – one of the best, and I, and I think if you were to ask, you know, some of the greatest coaches of all time, too, back in that era when they truly saw LT at his prime, yeah, they would completely agree. Well, someone, a reporter asked, asked Bill Belichick when they were playing the, the Bears 
how does how does Khalil Mack compare to him compared to LT? And he's like laughed the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did the uh, he, he's no, no one's. It's not even close. Yeah. And it's like uh, it, yeah, next question. In like Khalil Mack's a monster. Yeah. Like you know, I think Daniel Hunter's a little underrated because I think he's a monster within mm-hmm. his own right. But like for the arguably the best defensive player in the league to just be like shunned off mm-hmm. by a coach who coached Lawrence Taylor. He, you know, he watched him up close. He, yep. Exactly. It's, it's like, and also someone like, you know, someone like Ed Reed, who yeah. I think flies under the radar. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, not only was he a ball hawk, not only was he the greatest return man. I mean, you could argue probably Deion Sanders, yeah. but he also, that dude knew how to hit like the one detriment to, to Dion was that he couldn't, he didn't tackle. Yeah, right. But exactly, he never had that complaint with Ed Reed. No, and I love that. I love that era of football. Like, just you know, obviously, Mm -hmm. I think that it's good the changes they made with with hits and stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I do miss seeing those those monster hits, like someone come over the middle and you get to see John Lynch just take someone's head off or something. Love this. And this is a great topic to bring up too, because I I love this right now. Because I was just in a conversation with someone recently about what has attracted people to the game of football. And back in the day, what was the sole reason why people were attracted to the game of football? Because it it's barbaric. It was barbaric, and it was violent. Yep. It was violent, right? The hits and everything. Yeah. Now, if you look at nowadays. What attracts people to football and, and kids and you know just every it's, it's Odell, Odell dancing yeah, the Odell dancing and the Odell plays right the one handed it's it's entertainment nowadays football's yep. entertainment yep and that's why that's that's what fills stadium seats you know it's 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 people that uh, like the one catch one handed catches yeah, the and they like catches. the they yeah. they like to see a high scoring shootout you exactly. know like but yep. at the same time and to be honest I don't really. I even as a defensive player, I like to see these high scoring games. Like I don't want I don't want to see like a 13-6 game. That's, That's just boring thing. to me. The game like, has changed. And, it really and, has. and and you know, people used to look forward to seeing these big hits like, you know, someone like a Ronnie Lott or like even sooner, like someone more relevant, like a Ray Lewis or a Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. Those guys laid the wood on people. Yes. They were if someone's coming across the middle. You better change your game plan because like you you, ha- you have you have some people coming through. Yep. And now it's almost like flag football because you know every time I've seen some hits this year. I mean, obviously you're a Packer fan. You've seen the Clay Matthews yep. sa- saga. Yeah. I mean, some of these hits, so it's like, come the game on. Is honestly, changing and it's not necessarily changing for the better as far as entertainment purposes and as far as what attracting people to football. Right, because the there's a shootouts. Right. And, and you know, we can all appreciate the one-handed catches and the, and the awesome plays that are being made and the quarterbacks that are throwing for 400 yards a game with four touchdowns. Yeah, that's cool and everything. But I, I honestly look back and, and, and even, like, going to, you know, I have a neighbor that has a – that has a kid that, you know, plays across the street and pop one of her games, and I went to games this fall. Yeah. What are those kids doing? They're trying to catch the ball one-handed, and they're trying – and they have that, visors on, and they yeah. have towels, you know, mm-hmm. towel swag. And yeah. It's just trying to look cool, and it's yeah. like, oh, my goodness, the game is changing. It really is. Yeah. It really and is. And it's – it kind of – it doesn't sit well with me. No. I, yeah, you're traditional. Game, 
what attracted me to the game was vi- right the violence is like mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I can go up there and I can play the game of football I can hit somebody yeah you know and not get in trouble like, yeah uh, you know like I can't fight with my sibling but I can go out into a football field and I can definitely sm- and it's encouraged not yeah, only is it yeah. okay but it's encouraged you're you're good you're better if you're, you're the, yeah. the, the violent or more yeah. violent you are you know and so I and I think I think this might sound a little cynical because I saw I saw something mentioning it. It was like saying that football players know the know the effects of football is like saying like a fireman is expecting a fireman to die in a fire, and it's like no, but he's it's expecting a fireman to know that there's going to be fire that he needs to go into sometimes. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a like good, that's a good analogy. In yeah. with with these guys, they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They know the risk. They, these players are losing money, hand over fist. Like you know, someone like Eric Reed against Ben Roethlisberger when he's sliding, that that should be eliminated from the game. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Completely but agree. but last game you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But for instance, a quarterback like a quarterback getting thrown to the ground. Like when Anthony Barr tackled Aaron Rodgers last yeah. year, that was not that was not no. dirty. That was not, not violent. That was not, not illegal. Yeah. It, that was a that was a football play a, and, and a great football play. Yeah, a tremendous great, football play. Great, and it just it these players know that the game is violent. Yeah. It's not it's not them who are making these rule changes because right. you know if they if they could play it their way, yeah. I mean besides someone like you know Devontae Adams who's had a dozen concussions. Yeah, these guys know why they're playing football and it and it bothers them that they can't hit that the way that they could. All the way up until yeah. you know now. I mean, for for most of these veterans, like until college, they could headhunt. Like if yeah. you think about, you know, someone like remember when Reggie Bush got the swing pass yeah. when he was on the Saints and just got wrecked by that dude yeah. on the Eagles. Like that was in like two thousand eight. Yeah, you know that's ten short years ago. There's people who were in college or high school then who that was how you played. Like yep. that was encouraged, and now exactly. it's like that would have got a penalty on it. It it, it, it bothers yeah. me. Yeah, fifteen yard penalty, automatic first down for making a great play and. Maybe changing the game for your team, you know. Well, yeah, and it, and it's changing games, it's losing games for for certain teams. Like for instance, when yeah. when the Packers played the Vikings, Clay Matthews had a very clean sack on Case Keenum, mm-hmm. and I think it was Everson Griffin who had a very clean sack on Aaron Rodgers the play before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like let these guys play, okay? Like I I understand you need to monitor the malicious hits, you need to monitor. The illegal dirty hits like Avantes Burfik or something like that. Yep. But at the same time, you need to allow these guys to play. Yeah. That's why the fans yep. are watching. Exactly. And I think this is a whole might be a whole other topic, but just a real quick, you know, um, Roger Goodell is obviously behind a lot of these rule changes and you know this and that. But and again, again, the the game is changing, so it's not maybe necessarily all on him. You know, he's kind of just adapting to what puts puts butts in. Seats in yeah. stadiums, yeah, because you know it's that's all that that's money, all that they meant. That's all that they care about, right? But um, a lot of NFL players, and when I say a lot, almost all, almost all, yeah, doesn't, he doesn't. Roger Goodell doesn't have a very good reputation. No, definitely not. And with you know, with a lot of so. with a lot of fans, yeah. a, you know, especially yeah. <laughs> Patriot fans, yeah, I, it's. It's just amazing, and what do you get like a thirty million dollar a year extension or something? Yeah. Just a- and he astronomical. Asked for his own plane and this and that, and yeah, you should. 
you know, being able to be in the NFL for a little while and, and sitting at lunch tables and, and hearing some of these guys talk about what they think of Roger Goodell. Yeah, we might have to talk about that off air because I can't. Yeah, no, I don't. We don't need it. We don't need to air yeah, it out. Yeah, but yeah, it's unbelievable. He doesn't have a greatest reputation, like you said, all around, whether it's players or people in general in the public. But and I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of why a lot of people are turned off by the NFL right now because you know, like some like a league like the NBA mm-hmm. is so has been so adaptive to you know outside culture and stuff. And meanwhile, the NFL is is stuck in its in its ways. But at the same time, it's a, it's changing the fun parts about it. It's yeah. it's emphasizing the boring parts, mm-hmm. and it's taking away the big hits and you know some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I I just don't like the game to be decided by the refs at any point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, I when I've seen so many plays this this year alone where I'm baffled by how they could call a penalty on it. Michael Bennett when he was playing when he was playing against the Vikings, he had a he had a sack where he pushed Kirk Cousins over and got pushed in the back by an old lineman and they still called it on him and I was like, yeah. "What is going on? This yeah. is not a fo- this is not a penalty." Yep. It, it's a it's a absurd. I don't yep. get it. And and as a quarterback, I honestly it just makes me cringe with some of these. Were you, were you were you were you like Andrew Luck type quarterback? Like, oh, good hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, you see that video? <laughs> yeah, there? definitely. Like the like the, What do they call him? The nice guy in the league or something? Yeah, yeah. Something the nicest funny. guy in the league. Yeah, the nicest. And he'd get up after getting just creamed and pat the guy in the butt. And be like, hey, nice hit, man. Keep keep it coming, basically. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Like the guy deep was like, man, what the heck? Like, I love that though. That's exactly. I did that. You know, I can remember doing that a couple of times. But no, I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, the game is changing and it's just, it's kind of tough to watch a little bit and tough to take, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I think that there definitely needs to be some adjustments made and they need to start, you know, because there's a lot of lawsuits from former players and stuff over CT and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like if if they were to offer her, you know, health insurance to the to these to these guys instead of this, and it would save these lawsuits, and it would allow football to be played the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah. And you know, because they're they're signing a waiver, they know exactly what's going on with yeah. it. They have health insurance. Mm-hmm. It just I don't know. I like you said, Eric, uh, Roger Goodell is not the most. He's definitely not in tune with with what's going on with it. With what the fans want with what the players yeah. want with what owners want right. it, it maybe with what owners want I don't really know they're, yeah. they're, that's a whole different topic yeah no I, I hear you I agree hey man I really can't thank you enough this has been oh. one, this has for sure been my best interview like this for sure my best conver- oh, topic awesome. conversation and uh, we gotta do it again and no 100% we'll man topics and yeah, I, I think I think we could have gone for about three more hours oh for sure and maybe a follow up to when I get finally be, I'm able to get in the ring <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah. top yeah. turnbuckle cause that's gonna happen it will alright and there will be videos Post Fargo Dome (laughs) Wrestle with Brock Jensen Uh, interview coming next. All right. Thanks, Brock. Appreciate you, Christian.